Welcome to School Facilities and Operations. I am Burke Jones. I'm the host of the podcast and a uh, director of operations for a K-12 public school in Kansas. Um, on our podcast, we do a couple different types of shows. We interview other guys like me and have conversations about school facilities. And then um, the other type we have is with trade partners, such as flooring or roofing or HVAC, where we really try to um, you know, pick their brains and gain a lot of knowledge from what they have to offer and, and what we need to think about that's important that we might not always think about to ask them. So today I have Joe, Joe Deneen from J&J Flooring Group. Um, so welcome, Joe. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Sure. Well, thanks for, thanks for joining us. Um, give me a little bit of background of your work history and then something that we can't read about you on LinkedIn. So something oh boy. you like to well, do. Uh, you know, um, well, I, I, like you said, I'm with J&J Flooring. I've been with J&J for 25 years. Um, graduated from University of Kansas and wasn't really sure what I was going to do. Uh, matter of fact, I almost took a job with Hormel Foods out of Minnesota, and I got to know the lady in the business center, and she wanted me to interview with a company, and she said, it's a carpet company. And I'm thinking, carpet? You know, what? What? why do I want to sell carpet? Well, so that went down to the uh, to Dalton, Georgia, where capo, carpet capital of the world, and I accepted a job with Shaw Industries uh, on the residential side, and I was with them for three years. Um, and then all of a sudden, um, I met up with J&J and been with them ever since for 25 years. So it's been great. It's been great. I never thought I would be in the same industry this long, but um, it's, it's, it's never dull. Um, you're learning something every, new every day. You meet a ton of great people. And um, I've, uh, my wife and I, we, some of our, our best friends are some clients of ours. So, that, so that's been great. Um, it's, uh, and like I said, it, it's not dull. It, it, it's right. fun. People are like, gosh, you sell carpet. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, there's so much more to it than, than carpet. And the reality to it is every place you go, there's carpet, LVT, there's some type of floor that's that you're walking on. Right. And so um, it, it gives us opportunity out there. Yeah. Well, that all sounds great, except for the KU part. <laughs> yeah. well, I've got, I've got two, you know, we went to KU, my wife and I, my children, boys, and I also have two K-Staters. So uh, oh, okay. we're, we're, we're definitely a house divided. Yeah, no doubt. Well, they're both good schools. Don't misunderstand. Definitely. definitely. I need more purple than that. <laughs> so let's talk about flooring and carpet a little bit. So one of the things that I've been working on is kind of a, trying to be more methodical in how we do replacements of carpet in our buildings and um, through capital outlay dollars primarily. If bond happens, if bond funds come in, that would definitely be a place for it as well. But trying to get it on a replacement schedule so I can look out and say, okay, um, this year, this is what's happening. And one, what I did was basically say, um, let's say this year I would replace all of the corridor carpet in a school and then like seven years from now I would replace all of the classroom carpet and it would just alternate back and forth kind of every seven years and I don't know I picked so basically every you get new carpet in a classroom every 14 years 
I don't know that that's right or wrong, but budget wise, it, it seemed to be about right that I could get all of the buildings touched on those kind of intervals. What are you seeing districts do? Because, you know, before it's just been like, oh, that classroom's terrible. We're going to replace that classroom. And then you end up with like different carpets and, you know, it's brand new and then the room next door is 14 years old or whatever. So like, what do you see in other districts do? You know, the, the, it, it, that is a, it's very difficult. Um, following that plan that every 14 years, every 10 years, it is definitely the way to go, but it's hard to do because you start getting the hodgepodge like you were talking about. Uh, one room goes bad. Um, then all of a sudden you've got to get something really quick and maybe the product that you've got in the other rooms is not available or it's been discontinued. Then all of a sudden you have 14, 15 classrooms with all different colors, patterns, designs. And, and then that just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And that's difficult. And every district deals with that. And it's, it's yeah. from your largest districts to your smallest districts. You know, flooring is one of those things that flooring and paint are really two items that you can really make a space look new again. Mm -hmm. um, and they're relatively inexpensive when you start putting in the whole construction side of it uh, to make a space look good for removing walls or, or, or an addition, right. so on and so forth. Um, we, we try to get in with districts and if they, if they do have standards, uh, standards that might've been dropped, we try to get in and try to match product as good as we can try to get product maybe in a space that the product that's down there now is not the right product for that space um, and start going down that path. Um, I work with a lot of districts that we do do life cycle costing. We get in, we figure out, okay, you know, two years from now, you want to do this room uh, or this area, this space. We try to break spaces up is what we try to do. Um, you know, like talk about corridors and classrooms, but if we have different pods, a lot of times we'll do the classroom and corridors in that pod mm -hmm. and then yeah. switch over to the other pod. Um, because like I said earlier, unfortunately, there, unfortunately, there are times that we drop products. You know, we, we try to bring out new designs all the time. And at the middle level, if we kept every product in our line and kept on bringing out new ones, I mean, you need a semi to drive around and show people products. I mean, they just, <laughs> there's just too, there's too many products uh, to carry in your line. So, so we, we try to get in with the districts and do it that way. We really try to go in and walk the facilities with them, talk about what products are out there. And every year, every uh, you know, five, five to six years, there are new products that hit the market. One thing that's going on right now, and, and you've seen this um, in the last five, six years, LBT has become a really big product in the educational market. Um, it's a lot of that is because nobody wants a strip and wax anymore. Right. Uh, their VCT. I mean, it's uh, it's very inexpensive to get into the VCT market, but once you're in, it becomes very ex expensive because of the stripping and waxing. Uh, you don't have the custodial staff to maintain those floors. And, you know, schools, uh, summertime, usually the schools will shut down the end of May and everyone's coming back in August. It doesn't happen that way either. Yeah. They're being used year round from summer school to daycare. So it's hard to even get in and strip and wax. Right. So, so that's, it's, it's really trying to figure out the district that, that you're calling on what, who, you know, what, what their concerns are, what direction they're trying to go. Um, you know, and a lot of times, you know, what the teachers are looking for also. Right. Right. <clears throat> Do you see some districts have a standard that's just across the board 
for all of oh, their buildings? We do. We do. We, uh, um, and a lot of that is a lot of the larger school districts are that way because it's a lot easier for them to keep added stock um, in their warehouses. Um, it's so much easier for them to keep their SKUs low. Um, right. We see that with paint all the time. You know, uh, we've been in some districts that they have 20 different paint colors. And it just, it, it's, it, and, and you talk to them and you, you see that they're, it's, it, it's mind boggling to them, but it got to that there, to that, that area and they can't change it. It's tough. Right. Right. Um, and we all, and one thing that we're all dealing with um, is budgets, you know, budgets, you know, to go in and just replace a school uh, with new flooring when there's all these other items that need to be taken care of is tough. So we try to space it out. Um, you know, like you're talking about the classrooms and corridors. Uh, we try to get to the areas of the, the, the biggest concern, get those areas replaced, and make sure that we have products that if those collections have been dropped, that we have collections that will coordinate with, with those products um, so that you can make that space flow. Mm -hmm. What are you seeing as we talk about budgeting and stuff for capital outlay? What's, what's the flooring industry look like in with the inflationary problems and then the lead times, how's it looking today? You know, the, well, on the, on the Florence, on the, uh, on the inflation side last year, uh, well, this year, almost last year, right. um, I've never seen so many increases in our industry in my 25 years. Um, it, it was, it was unbelievable. It seems like every other, every month there was a new increase coming in and, it's interesting when you get into the manufacturing side, you know, it's, it's not just the mill sitting there saying, okay, we're going to put 5% now across the board, you know, during the time and everybody saw it on the news when you saw all the big ships sitting out there and in, in the water, you know, we started getting charged for storage fees. Even we, though we couldn't get them off, we're getting charged for storage fees. Oh my um, God. It, so, you know, it, it just, it, it just keeps on getting passed down is what, what's taking place. Uh, we do see that leveling off. Um, the good thing on the flooring side, on the soft surface side, the carpet side, uh, most manufacturers do um, uh, produce it themselves in-house, making their own yarn, so we can control it a little bit better. But when you start using outside uh, entities, um, you're relying on them, relying on a lot of the shipping cost. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a crapshoot on what's going to take place. Um, but we do see it leveling out. Uh, which is good. Um, I, you know, we'll see what happens in the middle of 2023. Right. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Well, I, yeah, I was talking to a lot of people like we're, that we're doing bond issues and stuff. I mean, it's just been completely crazy. So, you, you know, have it a, is crazy. Approve, and then it's, you know, 20% more than that. <laughs> it's oh, completely. That's, that's one of the things that we are dealing with every day now um, in our industry. And I guarantee every other division is dealing with it too. Projects that bid six months ago, a year ago, that are getting ready to order product. And all of a sudden you have a 5%, 10%, 15% increase. Right. Um, so, you know, what you, what you have in your bond is X amount of dollars. And all of a sudden you're like, like we can only do half the work now. Right. Um, and so that, that, that's been a, that's been a struggle. Um, and that, and I think that is going to carry on for a little while, yeah. um, until those bond projects, we are at, you know, a, uh, an even playing field that we actually budgeted 
for those bonds and we don't have the increases. Right. Um, I, I just, it was just such a unique time um, for everybody. Um, it yeah. just, it, and, and it's still giving, <laughs> it's yeah. still given to us. <laughs> it really is. Absolutely. So you are a manufacturer's rep and um, that is different than like a retailer or explain the difference to me. And then like, why does it make sense for guys like me to work with a manufacturer's rep as opposed to, or maybe in conjunction with the retail side? Definitely. So we, we look at our, uh, I'm, I, I'm out of Kansas, Missouri. So the market I cover. So we have uh, multiple clients. So we have an architect and designer we call on. Uh, we'll call on an end user, end user like yourself. And then we'll have a flooring contractor um, that uh, purchases the product from us that does the installation. Okay. So what we try to do is we, we cover all three. We try to get in uh, with all three entities um, on the architect design side. Uh, we present to them just like how we present to you all. You know, we want to show you the products that we've got. A lot of owners um, and users do not get called on by manufacturers. Um, they, they go just the manufacturers deal with the flooring or the flooring contractors and the architects and designers. We like to hit, we, we, it's called triangle selling. And we like to hit all three entities to get our products in front of you all. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of the difference between us and the, the flooring contractor, as far as they want to present stuff also, but they have the installation side. So the installation side to us is huge. We need to make sure we've got the right installers on projects. You know, it's one of those deals that, you know, you can have the best product in the world, but if it's not put in correctly, it doesn't matter. Right. Um, and it's like when we get in and present products to you too, you know, we can give you all the warranties you want, but if it's a very light product, if, if it's a white carpet, you're, you're, uh, you're going to be dealing with it every day. So right. that's what we try to get in. We try to get in and educate is what uh -huh. we do. And, and we do it, like I said, we do it at, at all three levels. Um, and you know, and we get educated also, you know, trying to figure out what the needs are of school district. I mean, your needs are going to be a lot different than the needs of a smaller school district, maybe farther out West. Um, and based on how many kids are coming through your facility. Um, right. and so that, that's something that we do a lot. And that's the reason we get in, uh, try to get in with the, the owners is to really break that down. You know, what, what, what are your big concerns? Um, why are, we, are you replacing flooring as often as you are? Um, we got get onto the maintenance side. You know, what type of maintenance are you doing? What kind of machines are you using? Chemicals are you using? Um, and so that's, that's something that we have really been pushing more and more with, with all our reps is get in on that side to really learn about the facility versus just go in and try to, you know, sell. Right, right. You know, you talk about cleaning and that kind of thing. Like we are moving towards away from the upright beater vacuums, you know, to like uh, backpack backs that are essentially just just suction, right? It just, and um, work. I feel like in the school we've implemented it indirectly, I feel like that the school is now cleaner than when we were pounding the carpet and blowing dust everywhere. Are there some recommendations from the carpet companies on the type of vacuums you should use? There are, there are, and it's interesting you bring up the backpacks. Um, we see those all over the place. 
and and it's uh, they can uh, I want to say that uh, the custodians can cover more space, more square footage. One thing that we do see with those that we we think we do know they work. One thing that we do know they don't do is they, with not having a beater bar on them, it doesn't agitate the flooring. And right. agitating the flooring is what actually will bring a lot of that dirt out to the top for it to suction in. Um, but we understand, you know, with the, the, the minimal amount of custodians that one building has and how much square footage they have, the flooring is just one side of everything else they've got to do. So you got to get in and you get as much stuff done as you can. Right. So it's um, the, the maintenance side is, is a massive side. And uh, we have a lot of people that go around that just are on the maintenance side that, that try to educate the end user on the best way to do it. Try to minimize the time you have to spend on the flooring so you can go to all the other areas to maintain. Yeah. Um, and that, and it's, it's really it's a vicious circle is what it is. Um, I mean, look at all the, all the chemicals that are out there. You know, there, there's so many chemicals. I will tell you, we are seeing the, the water extraction, the hot water extraction um, being more minimized. We're putting less uh, fluids into the, the, the floors, which is great. Right. Um, but it's, it, it, like I said, but it's, a, it's a, a, a vicious circle and, and you got you to stay up on top of it. Yeah. So what are you seeing as far as, kind of the current trends and I don't know if it's colors, if it's types of flooring, like what are you seeing out there right now? You know, um, that we, we talked a little bit earlier, we're seeing LVT be a, a, a big part in the school market. Again, they're you know getting away from a lot of VCT, the stripping and waxing. Um, you know, what was going on for a long time was stained concrete. Um, and we still see that. We still see that. Um, and, and stained concrete is a, is a really hard product for uh, us uh, flooring manufacturers to compete against. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, it's, it doesn't really go anywhere. Um, I mean, it, it, it looks pretty close to what it looked like from day one. Um, so, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to go up against. The one thing that we see that changes uh, some of the school district going to the stained concrete, uh, leaving it, um, you know, just different, different colors of concrete is the acoustical side. And so, um, and that's where we've seen a little bit, we have seen some change, uh -huh. um, especially on the elementary levels, some of the junior high levels um, is going more to a flooring that gives you a little more, more acoustical properties. Right. Um, we seems to be every five to seven years is when you see a design change. You know, um, LVT is big now. Um, I will, I, I will assume by just how history repeats itself. Within the next four to five years, we're going to see a change going back to carpet tiles, and then it will probably change going back to stained concrete. I mean, it's right. it, it's just it, it, it changes all the time. But I guess that's what makes our, our industry not dull. Right. <laughs> and we have to constantly bring out new products. Um, but that that's kind of what we see. And I'll, and I'll tell you, when you take a, 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 the state of Kansas, for example, when you take the eastern side of Kansas and you get into Kansas City, um, some of the bigger school districts up there, and then you go to the western part of the state, um, designs are completely different. Some of the more rural school districts, they want to match some of the, the walk-off that comes into their school. Um, right. The different type, the, you know, from the, the, the different color dirts. 
I mean, it's it's really wild how it gets into that. Um, and but that's that's where that's what it happens. And you know, uh, and give it, give uh, credit to our designers in our in our uh, in our industry because not only do they design for the Midwest, they design for the East Coast, West Coast. I mean, it's it's across the board when you get into design. Yeah. Uh, of, of of different products that hit the market. I mean, I like LVT, and I mean, we're having a good experience with it. But you know, if you scratch a VCT floor, <laughs> you can just rewax it, and it just disappears. But with LVT, you know, you end up with a, another color basically underneath that scratch, which is—I mean, it bugs me to death. But there's really not much you yep. can do about it. Yeah, you know, that has been when when LVT came out. It was the best thing since sliced bread. And that's, it was promoted that way. Um, no one really talked about the scratching aspect. Um, LVT does scratch. It, it does. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, and there's things you can do to uh, help the scratches based on how deep that scratch is. Um, pattern and color is, is, is very, very, I mean, it's important in all flooring, but when we get into LVT, having uh, those the different colors, different patterns will help hide the visual of scratching. You know, one of the things we see in the school market and when you get into definitely the elementary side, uh, junior high, we see a lot of the old style desk and chairs. Uh, the four-legged chairs, they're really small steel-legged chairs. And on the bottom of them, they have that caster that sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. And it's like a sharp razor blade is what it is. Right. And, and that's, you know, you asked earlier, you know, what we, you know, when we come in, what, what we bring as a value is we always walk every classroom when, when a, a school district wants to get into LVT, we will walk in those, in those classrooms. Um, and when we look at those glides, I mean, that is, and I've seen it go really, really bad. Um, right. and, and it does. No, no one picks a desk up. They slide it. Right. And, and that's what they do. Normally they slide it when they're sitting in the, in the chair. So you got a lot more weight. Um, and, and that's, that is the concern with LVT. LVT, LVT does scratch. I mean, you can do, you can put all different type of, uh, oh, you know, some sealers over the top or different type of, of barriers. But, you know, if, if, if it's a, if it's a sharp edge or uh, we see it in a lot of offices, they're, they're moving filing cabinets. Again, oh, yeah. they're not picking them up. They're sliding them. Right. And it, it puts a nice little scratch right on the top. Yeah. Yeah. I notice that most when we have a pretty solid color tile, like let's say it's a darker color tile, then it's like there's a white layer in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. If it's a lighter color tile, like the base is black and you're like, I'm surprised it doesn't go more through, but anyway. Yeah, it, it does do that. And you know, it's it, when you're when you're pulling across and when you're when you're putting a nice scratch mark in, you're actually moving that urethane uh, coating on top. Right. And what that does is that the light reflects off it. Uh, it just emphasizes that even more. Uh, where we really see it is natural light. You know, you take natural light, it comes in um, in a classroom and it I mean it just emphasizes that scratch um, or scratch is based on right. how, how many are there. Okay, so I got one for you that's going to be probably uncomfortable for you to answer. But <laughs> so if I look at the major carpet lines, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, Shaw, J&J, &J, comparable qualities of carpets, 
you know, everybody has their secret whiz bang of how they do the yarn. Is there really that much difference? I mean, if you're buying a quality product. Um, um, I do believe the main manufacturers that are in our market now are very good manufacturers. Um, I, I know a lot of my competition here uh, in my territory and they do a wonderful job. They have great products. You know, um, the, the Tufty machines, uh, we're all buying the Tufty machines from, from similar places. Right. Um, you know, uh, yarns, um, personally, I think yarns are almost, they're, they're very, very similar. Um, look at warranties. Warranties are pretty similar. There might be a few things here and there. Um, you can manufacture a little bit different. You can make a product a little bit more uh, durable, more dense. Um, it kind of comes down to the design. Uh, what are we doing with designs that are out there? What are we doing with the backing systems that are out there? Mm -hmm. You have issues in our industry. I mean, it, it takes place um, from, you know, uh, if it's if the product isn't wearing well or uh, it's just, you know, kind of just falling apart. I really firmly believe if the manufacturer is there to take care of that issue because we're going to have them. That's the right. key. Right. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's like a shirt. I mean, think about if you, if you wash your shirt every day or kind of just wear it every day, eventually your seams on your shoulders, it seems, you know, down your arm, they're, they're going to start moving a little bit. Right. It, it's, it, it's a fiber. Um, so as far as, are there any bad manufacturers? No. I mean, you know, the, everybody fits a need out there um and and most manufacturers that were let's say they they, they weren't as maybe a solid in our industry um either have been purchased or are uh, uh, pushed into another line but right. everyone out there right now is, is, is pretty solid yeah so that kind of leads me to my next thought is do you have any advice you probably see a lot of bids um do you have any advice for us like on how you see people get led astray or is there areas of the spec we need to make sure that we're really tight on so that we get equal equals yeah, yeah. our industry and i'm sure this was every other industry what's equal you know what uh what you know uh we we can put everything uh, next to each other with specifications and you can pick something out all the time that says, nope, that's not equal. Right. Um, you know, I will tell you, uh, you know, in the school market, uh, they actually go out and get a lot of bids, um, three bids. And what I see a lot of is low bid sometimes gets very scary, especially if it's a very, it's a really low bid. Uh -huh. Um, our job as a manufacturer, and this is one of the, the, in the triangle that I talked about on the flooring contractor side, our job is to work with the flooring contractors that do the best installation. Uh, because again, that's what it's all about. I mean, uh, like I said, every manufacturer has really good products, but if it's not put down correctly, it doesn't matter. We can help tighten up those specs a little bit on, on what type of requirements on the installation side. One of the biggest things we see out there all the time and where uh, one flooring contractor can be a lot lower than another flooring contractor is the prep of that floor. Because one thing that none of us see at the end of the job, we see that new flooring on top, but we don't see what's underneath there. 
Right. And, and we see that a ton. We see in the next, you know, after a product's been put down in the next two or three years, if that product starts to move a little bit or, or if it's coming up, something's not right. And we pull that product back. Maybe old adhesive was left on the floor. The wrong adhesive was used. Um, and you wouldn't have known at the time. Right. So that's, but I, I do really believe the end users, the school districts, uh, the director of facilities, they are getting, they're, they're so much more um, educated, uh, more knowledgeable on flooring. Right. Um, I mean, from, from the day I started to now, I mean, it's, it's night and day, which is fantastic. Um, unfortunately, they've, 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 they've gotten to become more knowledgeable because of some issues that they've had. You know, right. you start noticing that um, there, there's there's a lot of things to go through on a bid that that um, that can be put into specifications to make sure we're as equal as we can be, um, and, and 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 that's easy to do. But then there we have to make sure we do it on the installation side also. Yeah, absolutely. Do you do manufacturers rep? Will you help like? a guy like me or in some other district, will you guys help put some specs together that are fair, competitive and all of that? Completely. Yeah, we, we do that all the time. Um, okay. We definitely do that. Um, you know, we can, we can put them side by side on specification, you know, visually we can do that that way. And then also on the installation side, we can do it on the warranty side. Um, that's, we, we probably do that 40, 50% of the time when we work with um, school districts. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Well, fantastic. So I will, you know, I've been here three years, so I'm still learning the best way to <laughs> get help and get input from, you know, other than me just going out and writing it up. So, um, yeah, that sounds good. Let's see. Anything else we want to cover off regarding flooring? You know, I'll tell you on the flooring side, it, it, what it comes down to is, you know, whatever manufacturer you're using at, at this time, you know, get, get to hopefully you know, reach out to them. Um, hopefully the, that manufacturing rep is reaching out to you. You're, you're having the conversations when issues take place, you know, you, you, those issues are getting, you know, addressed. Um, you know, working with the custodial staff, you know, they're the ones that deal with it every day right. and the floor every day. And, and we work with the custodial staff a ton. Um, it's, you know, if, if something isn't cleaning up, you know, a lot of times people come to them like, well, you know, why, why didn't you clean that? Well, Maybe that product cannot be cleaned that way, but they just don't know. Right. Um, it's just having more open communication is, mm -hmm. is the key. Um, and us getting out and working with the end user on, on those areas of concern. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, you know, it is funny, like, everybody makes all these decisions without talking to the custodial department. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, Who's going to be taking care of this stuff for the next 30 years? You know, it's, it's, them, it's true. It's you know? so true. Um, so I will say, though, back to the VCT versus LVT, <laughs> there is nothing more beautiful than a freshly waxed and shiny VCT floor. And, you know, and it's true. And, we, and, and you know, we, I, I will agree with you. We don't even sell VCT. You know, <laughs> uh, you know that the whole thing, you know, shiny means clean. It does. It, it does. It, it, and I get that it's, uh, you know, when you walk up, you know, into a school right before it opens and they have a lot of VCT and it's waxed and yeah, it, it, it looks great. It looks really right. good. Yeah. Well, we had to talk about that here. Like, Hey, this is LVT. We don't wax it, you know, because 
that's just the normal thinking when we have a floor like that, that we would be waxing it. So we had some of those discussions when we first put in some LVT and um, yeah, it's interesting. It's, they, it does, it looks different. I mean, there's something, there's something associated with a school building with that bright, shiny LVT or um, VCT. Well, it, it, it's clean. It I mean, is. it's, it's, it's what it does. It looks clean. And, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. You bring up the, you know, the, the waxing of the VCT. There are, um, there are, I've seen it. I can count on, on, on both hands. I've seen this, that the LVT gets waxed. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's not recommended, but uh, we have seen it because they're like, you know what? No, we're going to make this shiny, which it's going to make it look good. Oh yeah. No, yeah, no, we, we won't do that. But I have heard of that. I, I heard of that on another podcast. Someone mentioned that their custodians, like the day after it was installed, walked in there and they were waxing the LVT. So, oh yeah, it's that's what they're used to. It is. It is. So, how long do you guys t typically keep kind of a pattern or a color? Does it just depend whether it ends up being popular or not, or is there kind of a standard? It does. You know, that, that that's a great question. Um, and we have products in our line right now that have been around since the day that I started. Now, it might be the third edition or the fourth edition, keeping the most popular colors, adding some other ones. Um, you know, life of a product can be, oh my gosh, I, you know, it goes across the board. I mean, it could be, it could be seven to 15 years as long as we're, we're changing up the colors sometimes it can be two or three years, right. you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's difficult to kind of pinpoint the time frame of a project, a product, because, you know, it's, as designs change, you know, every manufacturer's uh, um, design, a group tries to be the, you know, wants to be the leader of new products coming out, a new design coming out. And a lot of times you're throwing a dart and you're hoping it sticks. Right. Um, you know, it's, uh, when I started, everything was 24 by 24 and it was constantly 24 by 24. Now all of a sudden, then here comes the planks, the 18 by 36, the 12 by 48s that you make different designs, different visuals. Um, you know, it's really hard to say, um, how long a product lasts. Something that, um, uh, some manufacturers try to do is they try to keep products that even if they're dropped, they can still make them because they make their own yarns. Um, so that, that, that's a positive, um, it allows them to keep a standard. Um, we try to bring out products that have groupings of different design so that it's a, one of the products is dropped. Well, guess what? We still have two or three other styles with the same colorway that would match. Um, that is a, a, an issue that, that when you talk to the beginning, um, of the podcast here, of how often changing a school out, you know, every 14 years, 10 years. Well, if a product's been, it's lasting 14 years, I mean, that's great. A lot of times it doesn't happen that way. Right. So when we get in and we meet with the schools, we try to, if, if it's going to be corridor now and, you know, down the road classrooms, hopefully we have coordinates to go into those classrooms or vice versa. Uh, so we can keep everything right. together. So on my grand plan, I probably ought to be having that discussion before I start, <laughs> before I implement the first corridor. <laughs> yeah, it's you know it's it's tough. I mean, it it is such a tough thing to do uh, because we'd love to give you a better answer on how long those products are going to last, but we we don't know because right. you know what's selling in the Midwest 
might not sell on the West Coast or East Coast or vice versa. And um, manufacturers look at what's that product selling? Right. You know, um, and it, it has happened. Uh, it's happened to me. I mean, products that I've had standard, then all of a sudden, you know, might be one or two reps that are selling it. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's gone. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it, that, that's, a, that's a difficult thing. Yeah. Well, okay. I really appreciate the conversation. I think I learned some good things here. And, um, so I end every episode. I got, I call it rapid fire. And so I got three questions for you. So the first one is, is what would your parents say that you do for a living? Um, they, they sell, they say sell carpet. It's what okay. they say. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it raises a lot of eyebrows because people are thinking, sells carpet he's worked at, does he work at home depot does he work right. at you know something you know i mean you know it, it brings up some unique conversations yeah i bet it does yeah yeah um okay next question is are you a paper planner or digital planner kind of guy i am a paper planner i i still use the franklin planner and oh, <laughs> i do i i something about writing down and something about putting that check mark next to that a or b or c yeah, yeah, I even took the class 20 some years ago. Wow. Um, uh, and I, I get made fun of. I am uh, one of the more senior reps in, in, in my company. And people look at my, my big old day planner I bring out and they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I think there is something to it. I mean, I, I try, I've moved to an iPad, but I write my, I have a, you know, notes taken out. So I like physically write and it's pretty close to paper. Because I, if I type stuff, I just can't remember it. Right. Same way. You know, need, need that tactile feedback or something. Um, okay. So what time of the day do you get your best work done? I, I'm an early riser. I, I'm in the office by 4.30 in the morning. And yeah, oh. I, and I'll tell you, and I don't even have an alarm clock. I don't know what it is. Um, my wife will laugh if she was here sitting here. She'd be like, yeah, but. At 5.36, if I lay down on the couch, <laughs> my eyes are off. <laughs> They're done. <laughs> but that's, I get so much work done at that time in the morning uh, before calls start coming in around 7. Um, I, I just, you know, it, it's, it, nobody bothers me then. You know, right. I, am, I, am, I, I can focus on things I got to get done, um, kind of review what happened the day before. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm an early riser. Sounds good. Well, I'm not. So you, I won't be calling. <laughs> That's funny. Well, Joe, thanks so much for joining us. Um, go ahead and give some information about J and J. Give a little, a little pitch, and then what's the best way for people to get a hold of it if they want to get more information from you? Okay. Yeah. Great. Um, you know, again, Joe Deneen with J and J Flooring Group. Um, live in Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, uh, I don't know if I, with an email, I don't know if uh, we can put that on, on later, but um, that's, that's the best way for me to get reach, uh, reach, reach me. Or you can go to our website, uh, jjflooringgroup.com and just pull down, find a, find a rep. It'll say the Kansas rep and my name will be there with all my contact information. And if I can help you out, um, I would love to. Well, thanks, Joe. I think we're all going to learn a lot from this episode and I really appreciate your time spending with us today and uh guess it's almost 2023, so have a great new year. Thank you. You also, I appreciate it for having me on. Thanks, Joe. Thanks.